Cape Talk, New Beginnings. Now, it's a great pleasure to welcome back to the studio today a man who joined us in, I think it was September last year, in our Inspiration Wednesday slot. And at the time, he talked to us about a number of things, about winning the prestigious 2010 Big Wave Surfing title at Mavericks and about going on to embrace the sport of stand-up paddleboarding and pushing boundaries and setting world records and basically not taking no for an answer. Uh, so today, he's back to tell us about the biggest adventure yet, which awaits him later this year. So it's welcome back to Big Wave Surfer Stand stand-up paddleboarder, motivational speaker, and I think slightly mad, Chris Burtish. Great to have you with us again. Thanks very much, Papa. It's always an honor and privilege to be on your show. So thanks very much, and welcome back, Cape Town. Now, I say slightly mad. I think actually certifiably insane might be a better description, Chris, because when you were here last time, you sort of said to us, I'm working on something big. There's a big new project waiting in the wings that is going to eclipse everything else I've done to date. And today you're finally ready to share the details with us and uh, confirm that this is a transatlantic sup. That's correct, yes. So I'm just letting, trying to let that picture s- sink in of, of, of paddling on a board on your own from Morocco to Florida, which is what you are aiming to do. Uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm planning on doing. But I think the, the reason why and, and, and what it's going to do and achieve, I think, eclipses everything else. Mm. And that's sort of the main crux behind it all. Okay, so we're going to get to the why in in just a moment because, as as you said, it's absolutely crucial. But let's just start with the what. We're talking a distance of 7,500 kilometers, and you want to sup that distance unsupported and unassisted. How is that even possible? I mean, you must have to custom make the craft on which to do that. Yeah, 100% correct. And, you know, um, if I get tired, I'll give you a call and you can you can take over anytime you wish. <laughs> that, listen, my sub skills are, are still in the baby phase. I don't uh, I don't relish this one. Thanks anyway. <laughs> no, this is um, this is something I've actually been working on for about, you know, five years now, almost to the day, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just working on all the logistics and all the planning and preparation and, and, the, and the craft necessary in order to, to make this happen. And um, I think a lot of people, you know, when, when you first hear it and you just hear about it in a sentence it sounds completely insane to be perfectly honest mm. i would think the same thing but um when you go into a lot more detail and you look at the kind of craft that we're building actually in the uk which is about um three quarters of the way through the build at the moment um then you start understanding the the background and and the 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 depth of um knowledge and and experience that's gone into making this happen and the kind of craft that we're developing which is based off you know, uh, crafts that actually have done the transatlantic already and we're using the, the currents and the winds um, and the routing that are the old ancient spice routes, which, um, you know, are the the winds that, that blow across that, that mm. area over that particular time. So it's not as crazy as it sounds once you start doing the details, <laughs> even though, um, you know, it still meet, uh, it might be, you know, transcend what people think is possible, but that's mm. everything that... Um, I've been transcending hopefully for a long period of time yeah. and it's about inspiring people to believe in that as well. I mean, you do that. You're in the business of inspiring belief. I mean, the last time we chatted, you told us how you'd won the biggest big wave surfing event there is on a borrowed surfboard on no sleep, having traveled for 36 hours straight to get there. You are somebody who likes a challenge. I mean, this pushes the boundaries of I think what most people would consider possible. Why unsupported? Most people taking on this kind of challenge would say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sup on my own, but I'll have some kind of support craft <laughs> keeping me company. Why unsupported? But you're 100% correct. That's a really good question. And a lot of people would um, ask that question. And I personally asked that question myself <laughs> in the beginning. And then um, actually it, it, it was quite fascinating doing the research um, on, on that. And the more I researched 
actually doing it supported, the more I realized that having a support craft made it made the obstacles greater to have a successful outcome. Really? Because there's no craft or boat that is designed to be able to support someone going between three and five kilometers an hour for three months straight over that period. Um, you know, you're going to get really serious adverse weather conditions and mm. to be able to stay next to a craft that's of my nature for that period of time, you'd have to have a craft which is probably in the 90 you know, 70 to 100 foot range, you'd probably need 7 to 15 crew. Mm. And the possibility of someone having some sort of accident, something malfunctioning or or hindering the ability for the support craft to be able to actually sustain itself for that period of time is actually more of a concern than actually rather making a craft which is completely self-sufficient because then you only have to re- rely on one item and one item that can fail and that's yourself. And seeing that I've never, you know, I'm the one guy that's never been able to let myself down and I've always been able to rely on, uh, you know, when you, I started doing the logistics on, on making it completely self-sufficient, then somehow everything started to make a whole lot more sense and logistically mm-hmm. it actually became a lot more viable. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't actually realize that are probably listening to this show that there is something called the Open Ocean Rowboat Race, which is the transatlantic row race which goes from... Um, the Canaries to the Caribbean every two years, mm-hmm. which is um, crafts that are not so dissimilar to what I'm going to be paddling on um, that do that um, the, a race every okay. year from all around the world. And you have between seven to 15 crafts or boats that, that are doing that. And it's from solo to two man to four man to six man. And they do that um, that route specifically because of the, the currents, the winds and the weather mm. that, that are associated with that. So... Is possible. We know it's possible, and um, <laughs> I'm just going to be paddling on something that's slightly different. It's, um, but I'm using sort of a lot of the the navigational side, a lot of the logistics, a lot of the electronics um, to be able to make it safer. So you know, I'm using AIS system, which is a, a sat nav system. I'm mm-hmm. using um, the the greatest Inmarsat um, sat communications devices, um, radar, autopilot, uh, water desalinator units that are all pu- powered by and driven by solar. Um, you know, so th- there's a hell of a lot of um, detail that have gone into this. So it's a, mm. You know, it's a 1.3 million rand craft. So, wow. you know, we, we took a serious <laughs> bit of kits and, you know, a lot of people might think that I'm pretty insane with what I do. But it, I, I think if you, you, you start looking in detail about what I've done and why I'm still alive and I have arms and legs that still move, there's a reason <laughs> why. It's because I put a lot of energy and planning and, mm. and preparation in what I do to ensure a positive outcome. I hope you got some financial assistance for a 1.3 million rand craft. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a great partner on board. Carrick Wealth have come on board to be able to help um, help fund this. Um, I put in some of my own capital as well. And, you know, we're still raising mm-hmm. some money to be able to make this happen. And, um, you know, we're still about 800 grand short and we're trying to raise that through crowdfunding and what have you. But either which way, you know, we are going, we're going to go forward with it either mm-hmm. which way. I mean, I've... Um, Sign surety on my house, be able to um, <laughs> to, to make it happen. If I lose my house, then I'll have just a really small house that's on the water. <laughs> but you know what? At the end of the day, you know this project isn't for me actually about the paddle as much as it is for the the wire. And um, well, Amanda's SMS saying, "Why on earth would you do such a thing?" Let's let's talk about the wire because it's a very very important uh, motivator that you've got here. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, over the last sort of ten years. I spend a lot of time big wave surfing and, and surfing 
in itself is quite a personal and and sort of selfish pursuit. I think in some ways it's it's about challenging yourself and you know overcoming obstacles and you know surfing the biggest waves in the world. But I think um, what I've realised going into these these adventures is that you can through your adventures you can actually raise money and help fund and help. Um, Help other people, you know, and I've, I, I think I've, I've latched onto that over the last five years, and the, the project has just got bigger and bigger, and the, and the support in regard to the projects and the, the NPOs that I've been able to help have been quite substantial, and I've been very fortunate to partnership with the Lunchbox Fund and Operation Smile and Signature of Hope, mm-hmm. and just that's just continuously grown, and now with this project that we're doing, um, I've managed to achieve a very powerful idea, which is that by the time I start in December, we will have raised enough money um, through my partners and through Carrick Wealth um, to be able to have three annuity funds that will pay out every month for the next foreseeable future, for the next 100 or 150 years, enough to be able to feed over 30,000 children through the Lunchbox Fund, which wow. is to you know uh, feed a child, nourish a mind, which is to help them be able to have food when they go to school and then mm. have enough money in Operation Smile set up in an annuity that will pay out enough money every month to be able to feed, you know, uh, a, I mean, to pay for an operation for kids that are born with cleft palates and cleft lips every, you know, three or four days, which is pretty incredible. Wow. And then the objective also is to be able to build six schools through a signature of hope. And that's just the start of it. And I think that's um, that's pretty incredible when that's what we're hoping to achieve before I even start paddling. And that's, mm. that's pretty incredible in itself. It's not about just leaving a milestone, but building a legacy. Well, I mean, I love the fact, I think it's the first time I've ever heard one of these fundraising projects that's, that's an ongoing, long-term, will continue to pay out. It's not just a once-off, here's a huge sum of money and we'll do something great with it. You're talking about annuity funds that are going to continue in perpetuity. Mm. Uh, so very, very special. Thank you, Amanda, for your question. Now you know why he's doing it. Uh, Amanda's concerned about you, though. She wants to know when you're going to sleep, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, um, sleeping's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I think a lot of people also, you know, they battle to try and conceptualize how, how, how it'll work. But, um, you know, this could take anywhere between 19 and 120 days. And the objective, like, I come from a sailing background. I used mm. to sail professionally. So um, I've done a lot of these transatlantics already. So I'm very familiar with the route, with the weather, and what what's going to happen along the way. You know, it's not if we're going to get storms, it's just how many. And, and, mm. and, you know, you've got to be able to have a craft that you, you're able to feel confident and comfortable in that you can you can we- literally weather the, storm. weather the yeah. storms, you know. And, um and, you know, it has a little cabin on the front, which I can crawl inside. It's completely watertight and self-sufficient. I'm inside, I've got all the instruments that reflect my the wind, the distance, the course over ground, the, the variation in, in, in my course change. Um, and I can, uh, I can change that while I'm inside my cabin, you know, getting mm-hmm. blown around. And if the thing turns over and gets rolled by a wave, it can, it'll turn over and right itself and, and carry on going. So... You know, this is a very serious piece of equipment, and um, I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't feel comfortable about um, the the team that I've got behind me. I've got an amazing team that's helping from a shore-based perspective, and mm-hmm. and you know, I spent a lot of time going to the top um, satnav company in the world, which is Imasat, to be able to be able to open up a whole new world of communication. So the objective is to be able to actually be able to do live 
you know, updates from the middle of the ocean wow. to, you know, social media. And then we're also looking at being able to tie in with schools and I'm an ambassador for Two Oceans Aquarium. So be able to actually do live feeds to um, the aquarium through their school um, classrooms to be able to talk about the creatures that I'm seeing out oh. there, the dolphins, the whales, the, sometimes the toothy creatures that we might <laughs> see out there and talk about the pollution and, and, and the ocean and what I'm seeing um, because I'm going to be following and tracking the same turtle loggerhead turtle routes that, that do oh, the migrations wow. across the Atlantic Ocean and I do a lot of work for the tag and release of the turtles and stuff with the aquarium so it's about education and I think the amazing thing about this whole project is that it ticks like every single box you can possibly imagine you know from educating you know the kids about the ocean and the creatures in it and and pollution and what have you what have you um through the aquarium to building schools which is to educate kids and inspire them to believe in what's possible going forward and then you know to help kids overcome their own obstacles mm. um through operation smile and cleft palate and then the lunchbox fund which is to inspire kids to be able to actually go to school to get fed to be able to have an education to be mm. able to change the world you know and i think that's what's incredible about this project it's so huge on so many levels that i'm i'm, I'm actually for the first time in my entire life i'm incredibly proud of what what we've created because it's it's going to change the lives of millions and millions of South Africans and, mm. and kids and, and and yeah it's it's inspiring in every possible <laughs> I, I'm even inspired just talking about it it's it's pretty incredible and it's you know it's taken every single inkling of my energy emotionally physically mentally financially mm. to be able to make it happen but I believe in it with every fiber in my being that it's going to help change the world so. That's what it's about. I'm sitting here thinking of a couple of months ago when I had uh, a young woman in the chair you're in now who was part of the all-female crew who rowed across the Pacific. And I remember her saying that there were many days where they didn't see another ship, but there were there was not a single day where they didn't see a piece of plastic. I'm interested yes. to pick up on the fact that you said you're going to be monitoring pollution and, uh, and, and, and following that. Uh, do you have any sense of what you'll see out there? Um, yeah, Pippa, I mean, uh, just going back to that, I think that's, you know, that's a frightening statistic, statistic in itself. You know, mm. they say if we carry on, if we carry on the way we are as human beings in the, with the pollution and the amount of plastic that's going into the ocean, by the year 2020, there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there are fish. And that is quite a frightening mm. statistic. So, you know, I do a lot of rehab with the turtles and also with the, te- the penguins and stuff through the Tertians Aquarium. And it's the amount of, of microplastics that they find in, in the turtles and, you mm. know, um, in all the fish. You know, it's actually become, unfortunately, part of our food chain because the fish that we're eating have the... And the the plastics and the microplastics mm. in them. So, we, you know, we're already actually ingesting it through our own... Um, food chain that we've created ourselves, and you know that's why you know I believe we should be banning plastic bags. We should be banning straws. They've already done it in in you know forward-thinking um, countries and and cities like San Francisco and France and a whole lot mm. of places. And I think you know I'm hoping that um, Cape Town will be the the leading city to be able to do that. You know, ban the plastic bag and ban the straw. I'm just back from France last week, and I did not see a single. I was not offered a straw anywhere. And every single, on that re- every single yeah. restaurant you go to here, they don't even ask you if they want a straw. They put a straw in the drink. Mm. And to me, that's just absolutely um, horrendous. So it's something that we all need to be mindful of. And hopefully um, through this project, we can um, help um, on the pollution side as well. Mm. Awareness. Now, when people are taking on what seem to be impossible physical feats, I know Tim Noakes likes to get his hands on them. Has he got his hands on you? <laughs> 
I think um, I've got a, I've got his, my hands on Tim already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim, Tim's an amazing guy, and um, he um, he actually wrote the forward to my book, and he's mm. given me some advice in regarding to the endurance um, nutrition side for 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 this project because obviously nutrition and hydration are are key elements. So there are three um, really fundamental parts to the success of of this kind of adventure. Is one is nutrition two is um hydration and the mm. third is is managing the elements um mm. both not only just the the weather but the the sun and i think it's so the one thing i've learned um over the last you know a couple of years of these really um radical adventures that i've done open ocean by myself is that the sun is the most um mm. significant um uh, obstacle to to success so you've got to be able to get it get yourself out of the sun mm. during the the peak times of the day and you know i'm very fortunate that i've created something where i can get into my cabin and the objective isn't to try and paddle for 12 hours straight the objective is managing an uncomfortable state for an extended period of time and being very mindful of not pushing it too much and and looking after yourself your physical your mental mm. and your your um your endurance state for a long time. So. I, I know from the foreword of your book, Stoke, that, that, that uh, Tim reckons there is something special going on in your head, that it's your mental, your mental control more than anything else that sets you apart. We've spoken about the financial cost. You've spoken about the personal cost of, of getting ready for this and getting to the point where you're almost ready to go. What about the personal cost to, to family relationships and, and, and friends and family? I mean, there must be people very worried about you setting off alone on a sup across 7,500 kilometers of ocean. <laughs> Um, yes and no. Um, you, you are right in asking that question. You know, um, friends, family, um, and partners all, always worry about that kind of thing. But I think, um, you know, the more that they get into the detailing of, of it all and, and how in depth um, from a preparation perspective um, in regarding to the craft and the routes and everything else, when you explain it in detail, then suddenly, suddenly the impossible becomes possible and yeah. suddenly you realize, like, it's not just about having a craft; it's having a, a backup of this, and then a backup of, the, of that. And if that backup fails, that there's there's a fallback on that. And mm. no matter which way you look at it, there's always options and always secondary and tertiary options to be able to make sure that you can manage to have a positive and successful outcome. And yes, there will be storms, and yes, it will get really intense, and there'll be times where I might be in tears, and there'll be times when I'm wishing, you know, that I, I had done something like an office job. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not for... Can't no, see you in a Maybe not an office no. job anymore. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, you, we all go through difficult times in life, and I think you ju it's just about managing that mental space and knowing that... You know, as that famous saying says, this too shall pass. Mm. And no matter w what situation you're in, you know that it's not for a finite period of time. It, it will subside. And like when you have a really bad day and you, you get a night's sleep, you feel better about it in the morning. And, um, you know, it's just about, it, as you said, weathering the storm and, and knowing that um, you can, you're going to get through it. And I think a lot of the people that know me really well know that, you know, I think besides missing a lot of brides and, and not socializing very much at the moment because I've been working like 16-hour days for seven days a week for mm. the last six months to make this project happen, you know, a lot of people and a lot of friends and family know how much this means to me and, and I believe in my purpose of, of making a positive impact on the world and changing the lives of millions and I, I believe that's, that's bigger than me. It's bigger than, you know, going to brides and go out drinking with friends and family because it's it's your why it's your purpose mm. and if it's going to have a lasting and positive impact on the world then um it's worth missing a couple of um 
good night out in the town with the boys and they understand they went to the launch last week and mm. I think everybody was pretty blown away with um, you know the realization of, of, of the impact it's going to have on the world and, and, and people understand that's who I am and how I'm built. We've got a few of them on the SMS line. One SMS anonymously saying the British brothers are amazing men. Wish there were more of them. <laughs> and from Hugh, who says, I was in Hawaii when Chris was the first person to paddle into, is it Piahi, the yeah, biggest surf spot on the planet. That's Jaws, yeah. He says, I have no doubt he will succeed. Go, dude. How about a crossing from Mid-Atlantic to Cape Talk Studios? Can we set that up? Um, yeah, we could definitely do that. You know, <laughs> Putting uh, you on the spot here. But <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try and do it as long as it's not at a specific time where I might be in the middle of a dramatic storm or, or, or getting circled by a shark. I mean, more than happy okay. that, but otherwise, any other time, I'm sure we can make it happen. The amazing thing about it is we have satcoms in the middle yeah. of, uh, of the ocean, so we, th- we we can actually do that these days, and that's what's made these kind of adventures so Possible. incredible. Yeah. Well, in closing, a tweet from Law Hill Maritime, who say, all the best for the SUP voyage. Our maritime students will follow your journey, wishing you fair winds and safe seas. I couldn't say it better myself. Chris, we wish you fair winds and safe seas, and uh, Hopefully the next time we chat, it's from the middle of the ocean. We're going to share on our website all the the various ways you can follow and support what Chris is doing uh, via his website and his Twitter feeds, etc., as well as the Thunder Fund and Indiegogo addresses if you'd like to support the crowdfunding campaign. Chris, thanks so much for being here today, and uh, good luck. Break but, but, a paddle, I guess I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thanks very much, and thanks very much um, for having me on the on, on the studio and five six seven Cape Talk. Thanks a lot, and uh, I'll try not to break too many paddles because I don't have many backups. But, okay. Um, thanks very much. <laughs> um, we'll make it work. Thanks a lot. I have no doubt you will, Chris Burtish. And as I said, we'll share all those uh, contact details on our website.